Modern man's most compelling interest in the ocean lies in its great potential for renewable resources. Looks like Bruh Fox and Bruh Bear are causing some kind of commotion downstream. <laughs> Now, they say it's the happiest place on earth, but I say nay-nay. Not in August, it's not. Okay, listen up, everybody. If you're not hearing left and right, you should switch your headphones around now. W Radio, your information. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 548, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, books, audio tours, special events, meet of the month, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So as Disney Springs has evolved to become a necessary destination and attraction for your next Walt Disney World vacation, its dining options and offerings have grown as well. From casual to elegant to quick and relaxing, there's now something truly for everyone. And one of the locations which very quickly became a favorite for locals and visitors alike is the Polite Pig. This casual plus restaurant offers more than just some of the best barbecue you'll find, but a surprising and delicious array of appetizers, sides, they're so delicious and shareable, and a drink menu that's so big, how big is it? It's so big, it takes up an entire side of the menu. I kid you not. So this week, I invite you to join me for lunch. It's on me at the Polite Pig in our live dining review. And don't forget, I would not, not listen if you're hungry. Then again, because even if you're not, you will be. You will be. Then I'll have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and then I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have information about our next WW Radio Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World during Star Wars Half Marathon Weekend. More updates, information, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. to close your eyes unless you're in the car or on the treadmill or walking the dog or with the kids I want you but if you're not I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think back and see if you can remember the old Lake Buena Vista village or even Pleasure Island way back when and what this area of Walt Disney World was like when this vacation kingdom of the world first opened fast forward a few years to the conversion the transformation to Disney Springs and this is not your grandfather's Lake Buena Vista Village because it hasn't just changed in terms of size and scope and offerings, but really themings and entertainment and certainly in dining experiences as well. 
for me as a local and many friends who are as well, this has quickly become our fifth theme park. In fact, I would probably venture to guess that I spend more time in Disney Springs than I may actually spend in the parks. And that's not really an exaggeration because it's a wonderful place just to come and walk and wander and shop. And who am I kidding? More importantly, eat. When I think of restaurants here, it's not just the incredible variety and offerings of the sit-down locations, which are some of my favorites, not just in the Walt Disney World, but anywhere in the world, but some of the quick service as well. And over the past few years, the number and the, the different types of food has varied exponentially. And one of my favorite places to come, especially with friends, sit down, grab a whole bunch of different items to eat and share and just chat for a while has been the Polite Pig. I love me some barbecue. I really love me some Polite Pig. And this is a live dining review that is long, long overdue. I've just been testing it for the past couple of years. Now I'm ready to come in and actually do it. So I have actually done what I said. I've grabbed a couple of friends. We're going to go inside and we're going to do our first and probably not last tasting and review of the Polite Pig right outside the Lime Garage, by the way, in Disney Springs. For some people, the excitement of rope drop and getting to Magic Kingdom or certainly Pandora first thing in the morning and trying to be first in line is so incredibly exciting. We may or may not have been standing outside the door with our faces pressed up against the window as we were counting down to 11 a.m. when the polite pig opened. But we were some of the very first in line. We came in hungry. We have stretchy pants. And when I say we, because obviously food is best enjoyed when it is with friends, it also affords you the opportunity to order more without looking like a polite pig and being able to share amongst each other. So joining me today are two friends, fellow foodies, both obviously armed in their requisite stretchy pants. I want to welcome back to the show... Lisa Denoto Glaster from the Castle Run. Hey, Lou. So glad to be here. We're super excited. And like you said, we brought our stretchy pants and we came hungry. <laughs> and a man who is a not only self-proclaimed, but I've seen this man eat. I've seen him eat here. He is an expert not in just the culinary arts, but specifically in the, the wonderful wizardry of barbecue. Bringing his expertise and his appetite to the table once again is Kenneth Johnson. Hi, everybody, and wow, what a setup. I don't know that I'm an expert in the culinary arts, but I do love to eat, and I especially love barbecue. Because we've been, you've done, so Lizzie, we've been on the show multiple times, but we've done dining reviews at Nomad Lounge, and... And I think that's all that I've done in terms of dining reviews. That was a good one, though. Yeah. That was a good one. If you're going to choose one to do, that was the one. If you like Nomad Lounge, you're going to love Polite Pig because it wasn't just too long ago that we all ate here. And uh, Kenneth and I, we sat together and we shared. and 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 I've watched you work your magic on this menu. And I say that you're somewhat of an expert because you you do sort of come from one of the barbecue capitals of the world. Yes, I was born in South Carolina, and uh, for those of you barbecue aficionados out there, it's a vinegar-based sauce that I grew up with, and I just recently moved to Florida from North Carolina, and, um, you know, North Carolinians take their barbecue equally as seriously, Um, and I've also lived in Texas, where I love the barbecue there, Um, so I've, I've been exposed over long periods of time to several 
of the major barbecue regions of the United States. And I've also traveled around and sampled a lot of barbecue in other places. I just love it. So just very quickly, so as a you know, a barbecue one-on-one education, barbecue is not barbecue all over this, this great nation of ours. You mentioned a couple of places that are famous for barbecue and, and the fact that where you come from is a vinegar-based. How do they differ from the, 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 the different regions? Well, uh, they differ primarily uh, in the kinds of meat that are used and the preparation um, as well as the, the sauce. Um, so in Texas, they tend to use beef uh, more, and you get things like beef brisket and um, think beef ribs, and they're just so good. Um, in, in South Carolina, barbecue is usually pork, like we're going to have here today, a lot of pork, I'm sure. Uh, or they wouldn't call it the polite pig. Um, and uh, barbecue is, good barbecue is generally cooked over wood. In Texas, they use mesquite wood. You know, where I grew up, we would use hickory wood. And it's cooked slowly over a long period of time. And, uh, you know, as I said, in South Carolina, we have a, a sauce that's essentially just white vinegar and peppers. That's pretty much all it is. Um, and in North Carolina, in certain parts of North Carolina, they add more to it. Out in Texas, it's uh, there's the sauce is more substantial. Um, it can be sweet, which you know, to a South Carolinian, it was initially an abomination. We wouldn't eat sweet sauce, um, but we we like it vinegary and hot, hot and acidic in the Carolinas. Yeah, so. I've um, I've never met a barbecue sauce that I didn't like. I did not realize there were so many different types. And the people who are from those regions are very like, you know, Kansas Cityans, Kansasonians, whatever. That's real barbecue. And Texans say, no, this is real barbecue. So you're very sort of territorial about your types of meat, the way it's cooked, and the sauces that you use. Yeah, and in the low country in South Carolina, like down around Charleston, and even as far over as Columbia, you even have a mustard-based sauce. It's almost like, and it, and it is sweet. It has honey in it. Um, and in Alabama and places, I've actually had mayonnaise-based sauce, and it was surprisingly very good. I don't want to offend anyone from Alabama. It's good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's the, the sauces get quite, you know, creative across different regions, and they, they vary widely. And the, the experience of eating the barbecue is completely different, you know, from eating pulled pork with uh, spicy vinegar to, you know, mayonnaise-based sauce or a mustard, honey mustard kind of sauce to a tomato sauce. And they're, and they're all good, you know. Um, when I initially left home and started tasting other barbecue, I was a little more narrow-minded about it. But they're all good. And I think one of the things I like about this place is you, you have about ten different sauces to choose from. And you can find a style that, that sort of... It, it won't completely duplicate what you grew up with, but it'll closely approximate most barbecue palettes. Unlike Kenneth, do you have that same affinity for specific sausage and regions, or are you like me? If it just says barbecue, I just sort of mix and match and go with whatever looks good. Yeah, I love it all. I mean, what I lack in expertise, I make up for in enthusiasm. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, we're just a barbecue-loving family. Like, we road trip a lot, and one of our favorite things to do is just find, like, hole-in-the-wall spots along the road, like, as we're driving through the south or, um, you know, the, the, the southeast 
um, and find places to stop. I mean, I couldn't tell you if something is Alabama or Georgia or South Carolina or Florida. Um, but yeah, no, I love it all. And this this place, I just dig so much. Like, I love like the ease of eating here. It's it's quick service. It's walk up and order your food style. But the space itself is actually beautiful. Um, you know, every every detail. It's got. You know, it's it sort of got something that, that a lot of spaces in Disney Springs lack as far as atmosphere. Um, but it's also just easy. I mean, there's mac and cheese for my kids. There's just, it's, just, it's just really, really good food. Um, and we've, we've never been disappointed. So, so no, I, I certainly can't give you the lesson that Kenneth can. That's why he's here. Um, and also just because we like eating with him. Um, but, um, but, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to this meal. So you bring expertise. You bring enthusiasm. I bring volume. So it's a really, it's a nice compliment. It's a wonderful trifecta. And I agree with you as having driven from with my parents as a kid driven from New Jersey to Florida every year we stopped at a lot of those little hole in the wall places and, and for some reason I have a, a vivid recollection of being at this little you know it's a little dumpy place like on the side of the road that had some of the best food we ever. I also remember my brother who was much younger than I was taking the hot sauce and putting it in his mouth and like having his flames from the side of his face and the waitress came over and gave him sugar water and made it go away. But other than that, how good the barbecue was um, along the way. I couldn't tell you where it was or, or what kind it was, but like you... Well, the first step in learning barbecue is that you recognize what part of speech the word is. It is not a verb. And so if you are from an area of the country where when I say barbecue, you think that means to go outside and cook on the grill, then you really you need to, to take a few lessons but as long as you understand that it's a noun, uh, really, uh, you know, that's when you can begin to appreciate it. And uh, that's really all you need to know is that barbecue is meat prepared in a particular way. And I think they do it really well here. And I think we're in for a big treat. Yeah. And, and speaking of volume, one of the things I love about the play pig is the menu itself is voluminous. Like it is a huge menu, especially for a quick service location. If you've never been here before, you line up in the front. You actually see where they carve some of the meat, especially if you come in early in the day. And then there's got to be, I mean, I'm doing a very quick look. There's probably ten, there's five or so different sandwiches, five or so different things from the smoker. I live in the sides, and there's probably 10 to 15 different sides and salads. So let's sort of very quickly go through the menu itself. We can start ticking off in our minds what it is that we want to order and share. They, they kick off, and this is what I dig with a shareable menu. They have a hot salt pretzel, polite rub chicken wings, a slider trio, which is southern pig low and slow brisket, and fried chicken, and brand new to the menu are burnt ends barbecue meatballs, house brisket, cheddar grits, Layla's sweet barbecue sauce at $12. It's not only a new item to the menu, but I'm going to just, I'm going to make an executive decision and say we have to get that and try that. Um, there's also a thing called a salad. Sa- oh, salad. So I usually skip that part of. of that's, that's not food. That's what food eats. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, you can get a polite Caesar, a barbecue cob, or a Southern Garden and add either crispy or smoked chicken, chopped pork, chopped brisket, or salmon for a few dollars more. Uh, Lisa, you mentioned they have a kids menu with a smoked pork slider chicken tenders, mac and cheese, barbecue meatballs, sliced smoked turkey breast with carrot sticks, dippers, and apple juice. Those all come in at $9 for ages 9 and another, which is, again, having kids that might be particular, it's nice to know you can get 
the chicken tenders or the mac and cheese. And again, the price point for that at nine dollars is is easily accessible too. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than sitting down for what you think is going to be a quick and easy meal and dropping a hundred bucks. Um, you know, on hot dogs. So, yeah, no, I mean, I love a spot where you can get good quality food for, you know, a, a not obscene price tag, especially for my kids, because, I mean, they love to eat and they're little boys and they're constantly consuming. But, you know, at the same time, like, they're picky and they leave stuff on their plate. And, you know, it's it, it's nice to know that, like, I can feed them a good hearty meal for less than 100 bucks. Um, and just for what it's worth, I know you, the, the base is the carrot sticks, but... Um, my kids, my, my little one is, my older kid is not a vegetable eater, and you can swap it out for waffle fries. So that's what we usually do. Yeah, and I think it's important to mention, all jokes aside about uh, being a carnivore, it is important to mention that there are a lot of options here that are not smoked meat. Um, and, um, you know, if you're coming with someone who's a vegetarian, there are plenty of options here. And if you're coming with someone who doesn't like barbecue or doesn't like spicy food at all, there are plenty of options. Yeah, and I will say, like, the salads on the menu, I mean, we joke about it, but they are really, really good. And a lot of times, like, we'll get, you know, a protein or, a, you know, a barbecue item to share and then a salad to share um, just to, like, mix up the meal. And they are really good. And um, and also, if you're not a pork lover, there are a lot of different proteins on this menu. Um, so, again, like, you know, if people are particular about certain things, like you think you're not going to walk into a place called the Polite Pig because you're not a big lover of pork, there are plenty of other proteins on the menu that are also wonderful. That's right. Believe me, salads have their place in the circle of life. I understand I've ordered, I've been known to rarely on occasion order a salad in my history, but if either of you order a salad today, we're done here, just so you know. <laughs> because, because let's get to the good stuff, right? We're all, all kidding aside, let's get to the good stuff. There are five different sandwiches. There's a smoked turkey BLT with a sweet barbecue bacon, you had me at bacon onion jam the Southern Pig, which is a go-to favorite of mine, is pulled pork, fennel apple slaw, and that nice little like crispness and vinegary, the tangy mustard barbecue, and Duke's mayo, a smoked chicken salad, which is actually lovely and quite refreshing, a the low and slow like Ramon brisket, and the fried ch- chicken. These all come in. These sandwiches all come in between eleven and fourteen dollars. And from the smoker, there is a half chicken with citrus marinade and polite rub. The cedar plank salmon with a maple Dijon glaze, a pork shoulder, USDA primed brisket with a coffee rub, baby back, baby back, baby back ribs, barbecue cheddar sausage, and smoked turkey breast. Those all come in between 15 and 22, 23 for the baby back ribs. And if you are with a friend, a loved one, or in Kenneth's case, buy it yourself. (laughs) I've seen it happen. It's beautiful to watch. There's a butcher board, in parentheses for two, or Ken, pork shoulder, smoked chicken, brisket and barbecue cheddar sausage with slaw, house pickles, two cornbreads, and a choice of two market size. And if you want to go for the pro tip, you add the ribs for $6. That comes in at $39. Kenneth, that's what you and I did last time we were here. Yeah. That, that was a lovely meal. Oh, it, it was, Lou. I, I still dream about it. And, and actually, adding the ribs, to your point, um, just really makes it. I, that was one of my favorite things on the Thank plan. God we had the ribs, so I had something to eat, because you yeah. ate everything else on the thing I have never seen. And yet, you're so, you're so skinny. But I think, for me, you know, there's a, there's a few favorites from the sandwiches and the smokers that I like to go to. But I think the Polite Pig excels 
in its sides. I am a picker. I love having, you know, little side things. And there's probably 10 to 15 or so. These all come in at $6 each for the three for 15. There's a tomato and watermelon salad. We'll get past that very quickly. Roasted beets, barbecue cauliflower, the paprika, sour cream, candied pepitas, which I love oh so very much. Crispy Brussels sprouts with whiskey caramel. Yes, ma'am. Grilled street corn with the chipotle aioli. Sweet potato tots with Parmesan cheese. So good. Barbecue waffle fries, a southern potato salad, mac and cheese, polite baked beans, side Caesar, and the seasonal side, which is at the chef's whim. So let's sort of go back. Sandwiches and smokers. What are the things that you've had in the past or things that appeal to you in your in your famished state today so i love the southern pig sandwich um and the low and slow brisket oh and the fried chicken sandwich so all the sandwiches um i think like i just think that butcher board is the best value in town like it's 39 dollars, but you get so much food and you get cornbread and you get your choice of two sides um so that's always a go-to for us like a lot of times we'll just get one of those um and a, and a salad or, or something or some extra sides um, and then, like you, I mean, I think this place, I mean, they do barbecue really, really well, but their sides are fantastic. And it also speaks to just being able to come here and not, you know, and eat a little bit on the healthier side. Like, their Brussels are killer. Um, the barbecue cauliflower is fantastic. That tomato and watermelon salad actually is very refreshing. Um, and the tots, like, you can't not get the tots. Yeah, and the fact that, like you said, that they're vegetables, it lulls you into the belief, like me, that you're actually eating somewhat healthy. Absolutely. Well, you know, in terms of what I'm looking forward to, my favorites are the pork shoulder, the baby back ribs, and the brisket out of um, the smoke platter, which I almost, uh, the butcher board, which I almost always get. And my favorite sides are the the uh, sweet potato tots and uh, a side that is seasonal that they don't have today, unfortunately, which is the grits and greens. But come back. I'm sure it will be reintroduced, um, and it is fantastic. Well, and I like that, too, that there are, you know, there will be seasonal changes to the menu, so you can come back and there will be something new. So, for example, we said the meatballs are new. They have three different desserts. Actually, that's a lie. There's four different desserts. They have a red velvet cake, which I believe she said comes from a, a local bakery. Orange blossom pie. I don't know what that is. And buttermilk chess pie. Kenneth, do any of those things, do you know what any of those are? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> red velvet cake is something I grew up with. My mother used to make. And I've, I've never had it here, to be honest. And it's very difficult to measure up to my mom's. But I'm going to try it today. And the other thing, too, and this is not necessarily on the menu, so this is very much sort of a, an insider tip, are the Gideon's cookies. Yeah, I mean, you got to get here early and, you know, make sure that you're here on the right day. But these those cookies, like, people line up out the door to get them. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely have to get our hands on some today. They're, it's, it's definitely a pro tip. They're not on the menu. Yeah, and they're, they're baked by a local bakery, and I think they come out at, at 11, and then another batch comes out. At four. So if you miss the 11 o'clock rush, go get your kids from school or, you know, leave wherever you are so you can come and get them. Obviously, you need to wash all this down with something, and they don't just have your southern sweet teas, but there is a pretty extensive um, uh, menu of beers and cocktails that are on tap. So there's Florida craft beers from Ravenous Pig. There's a Lone Palm Golden Ale, a five-point IPA, a Red Drum Amber Ale, 
and a working man's porter, as well as some seasonal offerings and a Cigar City Florida Cracker White Ale. There are uh, a bunch of small batch cocktails. Something new that was just introduced is the Bees Knees. These all come in at $11. That's London Dry Gin, Honey, and Lemon. You, I saw you looking at the cocktail menu, so favor us with some of the other co- cocktail items. Yeah, yeah. So I think, like, first of all, like this drinks menu is a part of why I think this is just such a standout spot for Disney Springs um, for a quick service. I mean, it's, again, it's, you know, it's counter service. You walk up, you get your food, you sit down and, you know, eat your barbecue. But there's a really impressive batch of cocktails. Um, the Bee's Knees, which is new on the menu, is really light and fantastic. It almost reminds me of, I mean, it's not as strong as a Long Island iced tea, but it kind of has that, like, I don't take it. This doesn't taste like a cocktail kind of sense to it. And it's very refreshing, especially on a hot day. And if you're in the restaurant physically, there's actually a gorgeous bar up front um, that really adds to the ambiance of the place. Also, it's worth mentioning that they have domestic beers and ciders, um, you know, on tap and they offer pitchers as well. So if you're here with a group of people for 27 bucks, you can get a pitcher of cider, um, you know, to go with your barbecue. And that's that's a nice option too to, um, you know, keep your keep your costs down on a meal. So yeah, other in addition to the bees knees, there's a polite sangria, grapefruit margarita, uh, vodka lemonade, Moscow mule, rum and coke, polite punch, a sweet tea, old fashioned, and a house made seasonal slushy, which we'll have to find out what that is. And I like the fact that you, like you said, you can get an individual individual drink for eleven dollars or. This is such a great place to come with friends or family. You can get an entire pitcher for twenty-seven. Uh, they also have, you know, obviously regular um, uh, fountain drinks as well. And we didn't mention too: there is the inside and there is the outside too. And being able to sit outside on those somewhat rare <laughs> Florida days, where um, it, it's it's you know it's in the seventies, you can sit under the umbrella, watch the people go by, listen to the music outside, especially in the evening, is really really nice. But let's really get to the important part of, oh my, wait a minute, I just turned the menu over. I, was ex- I wasn't expecting this. There's actually a number of whiskey flights as well. There are five, there's four different whiskey flights. There's a polite flight, a refined flight, a Florida flight, say the three times fast, and three little pigs that have small batch, Eagle Rare, a number of different types of whiskeys. There's a barrel-aged Manhattan and a ravenous pig beer flight as well. There's also a bourbon bar, which I didn't realize. I'm going to quickly do the math. There's probably 60 or so different bourbons and beers as well as reserves. I don't know why I've never actually turned the, mo- the menu over to, um, to read this. Kenneth, are, uh, are you a bourbon person? I'm not a bourbon person, but a lot of the people that I come here with are, um, and they have an incredible bourbon selection. And also, if you just keep your eye on their calendar, they have a lot of bourbon-focused events um, throughout the course of the month where you can come and do samplings and stuff. Um, and, I, and I know a lot of you know, friends of mine that enjoy that as well. So is it a bourbon thing? Is it a thing to do bourbon and barbecue? Uh, well, it may be in Kentucky, perhaps. Um, I do work with some folks from Kentucky, and some of the bourbons that they have recommended to me, I mean, real bourbon aficionados, I recognize them on here. So I think the, uh, I think the bourbon menu here is extensive, and it will include some of your favorites if you are an aficionado. The other thing I wanted to mention was about the beers. Um, the, the beers they have here are labeled Ravenous Pig, and you may wonder 
if that is a take on the polite pig name, it's actually not. The Ravenous Pig is, in my opinion, the best restaurant in Orlando. Um, it's in Winter Park, and they have a, uh, their own brews. So these are locally sourced uh, brews from the Ravenous Pig, which is just fantastic. Uh, if you ever, you said it's the best restaurant in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. If you ever, yeah, you, you should follow them on Instagram. Uh, any local listening to this should be following them on Instagram, and watch for the Hog's Head Tacos. I mean, it's literally a hog's head on a platter with taco fixings and you pull the brains and everything right out and make tacos it is fantastic finger licking good (laughs) but that's like once or twice a year and they'll only have about six heads so you got to get there early yeah i'm sure the line is out the door for them but (laughs) but we're not talking about the ravenous pig the polite pig is uh where you would go for barbecue the ravenous pig is actually a fancier place but yeah, it sounds like we need a road trip just for comparative purposes. But you know what I love about this place? You were talking about the bar. What I love about this place, this is not a barbecue joint. You know, anyone listening shouldn't get that idea. You know, where I grew up, a barbecue joint, you'd walk in and, uh, you know, you might be eating off of a piece of wax paper or, you know, and there'd be a roll of paper towels. There actually is a roll of paper towels on the table here. But I think they're doing that sort of ironically or, or sort of a, a theming element to, to make it feel that way. This is an upscale dining room with a full bar. And even though it is counter service, it is uh, kind of counter service plus uh, because the staff here is very attentive and they come back and, and refill your drinks and take care of you and make sure you have what you need. They'll bring you anything you want. And they're very, very attentive. And as Lou said, sitting outside is really nice watching the people go by. For a counter-service restaurant, it's a good value and a nice experience. And I think as parents of young kids, I think we all appreciate the the rack of of towels in the middle. Plus, it's not, this is not always necessarily a good first date food. You know, when you're getting in there with, with barbecue ribs, it's nice to make sure you have backup just in case. Yeah, these might be these paper towels might be a, an aesthetic thing for you, but they very much get used when we're when we're here. And also, I think like just I want to speak to the space again. Like, I'm a big big fan of you know decor, and you know there's a lot of exposed brick. There's like kind of funky artwork on the walls that's all kind of barbecue and pig themed. Um, there's you know hanging lights with Edison bulbs and exposed ducks and subway tile. I mean, it's a be- it's a really beautiful space. And, you know, we're sitting here at this, you know, a booth you know, in the back of the restaurant that's, you know, pretty cozy and comfortable. And, um, yeah, like, it's, it's definitely, like, a level up from what you would think of as normal, you know, um, on-property quick service. Now, this has all been well and good, but we are far into this and we still haven't decided what we're going to eat yet. So let's, let's dig a little deeper and tell me, I'll, ladies first, as always, tell me what you're thinking. So I think for sure we need the burnt ends meatballs, the barbecue meatballs that are that are new to the menu. Um, I think sort of goes without saying that we're going to do a butcher board and add the ribs to it, and then we can talk amongst ourselves and pick the sides and maybe a couple extras to go with that. And you guys can chime in with with what you want. I could go on and on. I like that plan actually. I'm I'm just going to follow along with that. That is great. Uh, just picking the sides. I am curious about the burn-in meatballs, but really it's the butcher board. Yeah. So maybe we should do, like, the meatballs, the butcher board with the ribs, maybe a couple of sandwiches, yeah, 
and then all the sides, except like the vegetable-based ones. No, all the, then we can get a. I think we should get uh, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, tots. You have to get mac and cheese just because, and we'll see maybe what the seasonal side is. Maybe we can bring Becky back and sample all the bourbons. <laughs> That's not sweet enough for her. They they need a sweet menu. This is this is um, it's got to be a little bit sweeter for her. But it's I mean it is nice that they have you know wines and ciders and beers and cocktails because if you do especially in a place like here we are not in a theme park environment and you know you're not sitting there you know drinking to drink drink but if you want a, a drink or a cocktail or wine with your meal you can have it so it is a really nice option and it's not like there's just one or two to choose from. Obviously, it's incredibly extensive across the board. Yeah, they they take their bourbon very very seriously here, and you've got everything from you know a nine dollar bourbon to a hundred eighty five dollar horse soldier reserve select. And I do have you know, like I said, I have friends who will come here, you know, for a business meeting or something like that, and, and have a bourbon and sit outside and, and you know and do their business. So it's it that it is a bourbon destination as well. So if you're a fan of bourbon and you're in the area, I would definitely recommend checking it out. All right, I think it's time we make this happen. So hungry! I'm so excited. All right, so I think we've decided, yeah. right? We are definitely have to have the Burt and Barbecue Meatballs. We're gonna have a butcher board for two, but we need to add the ribs, obviously, please. And something from the sandwiches, something from the smoker. What did we? What did we decide? So I think definitely a southern pig. Okay. Um, and then you want to pick the other. Uh, how about the low and slow? I like how you guys think. This is why we're friends. And in terms of sides, I think we've decided on the cauliflower, the Brussels sprouts, the tots, mac and cheese. Anything else? Um, I think... That's a good sampling. Do you want to get the tomato and watermelon salad just as something different? For the seasonal side, it is a strawberry field spinach salad. It's a strawberry field spinach salad. We can go tomato and watermelon if that's... I mean, just as something refreshing on the table, I think it's a good idea. Sure. Yeah, it wouldn't be a review if we didn't use the word refreshing at least once. <laughs> okay. And speaking of refreshing, <laughs> did you want to get anything to drink? Please. Have knock yourself out. So, um, I would love a bee's knees. And I don't know if you want to get anything. No, I'm fine with just... I need to keep my wits about me, so I will just... Um, I'm going to do a half-sweet, half-unsweet tea. And then we probably need to pull three or more, four more tables over so we have room to put everything down, which would be great. <laughs> So we just got our Burnt Ends Barbecue Meatballs, which come in at $12. It's their house brisket over cheddar grits and Kayla's sweet barbecue sauce. So they're three larger-than-golf-ball-sized meatballs. Kenneth was was audibly and visibly excited when he saw that they were on the grits. And it almost looks like they're they're um, covered in like a fried onion straw. All right, I'll go ladies first. These are fantastic. The um, the meatball is it's a um, it's a burnt end brisket meatball, so it's got a it's got a really good potent taste to it. It's got a lot of kick, 
And then it's got the sweet from the barbecue sauce and the grits, like the creamy cheddar grits that it's sitting on, rolled in this barbecue sauce. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Yeah, I would say the first thing that hits you is that it's a little bit briny. And uh, then you have this sweet and uh, spicy uh, thing that comes. And it's a, a really nice combination. And the grits sort of take a, you know, mitigate some of the heat there. And it's, um, I would say it's really, really good. That's a much more articulate description that we're good because like mm, these are really <laughs> this is delicious and it's funny because i actually had um i had you know sort of my traditional sunday spaghetti and meatball dinner last night and these are not your mom's italian meatballs there's definitely like you said i think brian has a great word and you get a little bit of that vinegar in the back of the palate as well as that that combination of sweet and heat omg natalia just brought how much food did you people order? You should be ashamed or very proud of yourselves. So the pig has a butcher board with Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, a half ribs, half chicken, brisket, pork shoulder, cheddar sausage, two coleslaw, two cornbreads, and two pickles. Enjoy, guys. And a partridge in a pit. That, oh, um, I wasn't kidding about really needing us. Oh, well, we might need a second. Selection of too. Oh my. So much food. This is the best day ever. They added the strawberry field salad. Oh, nice. That's a barbecue ranch there. This is called Mary's Hot Barbecue Sauce, so be careful, it's a little spicy. This one is a sweet sauce. It's called Layla's Sweet Sauce. Uh, Thomas's Gold. It's a vinegar and mustard-based sauce. And then um, this is a black pepper porter barbecue sauce. Wow. I'll tell you, there's a lot of food on this table. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, you might want to call the paramedics because this is a... Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, Kenneth, your your eyes visibly widened as the food was being brought to the table. Yes, my eyes widened. I'm sure my pupils dilated too. <laughs> I am uh, literally salivating here. I'm trying not to uh, stutter. It is. It looks delicious. And I'll, I'm going to say, I'm really glad that we went for some sandwiches too, because in addition to the meats. I can already see some flavors that I'm really interested in in this uh, sandwich. That's right. And I don't, this is, is this the low and slow or is this the pork shoulder? Uh, the southern pig. I can already see that this is covered in kind of a coleslaw with uh, orange blossoms or orange uh, slices. And it really, really looks interesting. I cannot wait to try this. Um, and it's also a, a tangy mustard-based sauce, which, um, you know, that with the fennel apple slaw is, I think, going to be delicious. Yeah, I'm going to post a picture of not necessarily all the individual items. I need to post a picture of the table so people have an understanding and appreciation of just how... Nothing's going to go to waste because Kenneth's here, but um, this is a lot of food. And I love the idea of having so many different sauces. So you can really kind of 
mix and match and do a little experimenting to, to, feet, to fit your flavor as well as the level of spice and heat that you want to. Absolutely. And, you know, these, I'm, I'm really glad I came today because some of these things are things I would have never ordered. I always go straight to the meat, but these, you know, there's some variety in this menu. And that's one of the things I want to emphasize. If you're not a barbecue lover, there's a lot of variety of flavor here. You better, um, we better all call somebody to pick up our kids from school because we're going to be here for hours. This is, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be a, a true culinary adventure. So we're going to start, I mean, we really need a plan of attack, and I have a plan of attack, I know, but to go through one at a time, we're going to start with the southern pig. Again, this is pulled pork, the fennel apple slaw, the tangy mustard barbecue, and Duke's mayo. And the first thing I want to point out is the size of that sandwich. I mean, the sandwich itself is shareable. I mean, you can easily share this, not you, Kenneth, I know, but two normal human beings could share this with, um, with more than one person. So, Kenneth, I'm going to start with you because you were immediately quite... You made the yummy sound very, very quickly. Oh, absolutely. I, I'll tell you, I when I go eat barbecue, I almost never order a sandwich. Um, but this is... It's, it's very aptly named because even though it's uh, much fancier than most barbecue sandwiches are in the South, it does give you the same flavor... Uh, profiles a barbecue sandwich with a, a lot more complexity going on in there too so it, it does have the apple fennel slaw which really just adds a lot and the orange um, chunks that are in there give it an additional tanginess that is just delicious yeah, I mean, this is just a really smart sandwich. I tend to go for the, the meats, too, and not get the sandwiches, you know, so often. But So this is the Southern Pig. It's pulled pork, fennel apple slaw with tangy mustard barbecue and Duke's mayo. The roll that this is on is is really, really good. And then, like um, like Kenneth said, it's actually smothered in, like, mandarin orange slices as well, which it gives this, like, refreshing citrusy, you know, that, that kind of cuts the intensity of the meat. So it's just a really well put together sandwich. What I like is not just the layers of flavors, but you also have the different textures too. And lest we forget, you know, the the bun is so warm and buttery too. It sort of cuddles all of the meat and the the are the sweetness of the oranges and that um, that bite of the vinegar inside. It's why this is one of my two go-to sandwiches every time I come here. All right, we're going from sandwich to sandwich. So now we're going from there to the... So next we're going to do the low and slow brisket, which is prime brisket with pimento cheese, porter barbecue, pickled jalapenos, and onion straws. Oh, I also wanted to mention, too, the, the difference in the bread between these two sandwiches really makes uh, a big difference. I haven't tasted the low and slow yet, but it's on kind of a ciabatta bread, whereas the the bun for the southern is more of a, I guess, a brioche, but it's very, very soft, and uh, oh, it's wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, and again, as you're, you are dividing these, very wonderful, you, your knife skills are remarkable, by the way, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of meat in these sandwiches. You know, a lot of times you'll get a sandwich and it's there's a lot of bread, there's a lot of filler, filling. The meat literally is falling out of the sides of these pieces of bread. It's amazing how two 
different, two sandwiches on this menu could be so remarkably different from top to bottom. I was in love with the Southern Pig until I met the low and slow brisket. I prefer that that um, that floury ciabatta bun. I like that idea of that um, almost sort of the, the burnt end of the brisket, like really, really well done. And you've got a little bit of that heat that comes... And I'm normally not a, a jalapeno person, but it just balances and adds that... I have that lingering flavor and bit of heat in my mouth that is remarkably good. But I don't want this... Fla- like, I want to keep eating this, but I also want to save room for what's next. Yeah, so I love the southern pig. And what you said about the textures in the southern pig, like the crunch of the slaw and the buttery bun, and it, it all goes together really beautifully, and it's a, it's a good sandwich like that. This look, thing- look, look. Just look as I'm doing this. As, talk, as I, like, I want to... She's... Look at like the juice and sort of the fattiness of that meat. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go in my mouth right now, but I wanted you to see it before I ate. Just how good it looks from the, the cross section side. Thank you for showing me what you're what you're about to eat. Uh, I'm so excited, I can't help it. But no, I mean, this thing just melts in your mouth, and you're so right. Like when I, the, when I saw the jalapeno, I, I don't. I mean, I can handle a little bit of heat, like a little like a little bit of heat, but I I can't do really really major heat. And um, and somehow they get this jalapeno in here just to give a little bit of lingering little bit of lingering heat in your mouth um you know after you bite it but without without hitting you too hard it's a smooth sandwich yeah i think this is where if you really like the smoke um of barbecue good barbecue this is where you get a really nice smoky flavor you can taste the the wood the fact that this is cooked with wood and uh, the jalapeno and onion straws that they put on the sandwich together with the sauce that's there is just perfect for, for this flavor profile. And I have to agree with Lou. I mean, I, I said before, just when I thought the sandwich couldn't be better, I actually think this one may be a little bit better to me. Yeah, I'm with you. That's really good. And again, it's $14. That's an easily shareable sandwich, too. Like, there's a lot of meat in, inside that sandwich. And obviously, like we said before, we all sort of mentioned that not being maybe huge fans of a lot of heat, but that the, the pickled jalapenos is just enough that it doesn't overpower the flavor of the meat or even just how wonderful the bread is itself. However, it's time to move on. Kenneth has literally prepared himself like he's got like his tray ready to go because we we're going to tackle the butchered board for two. You heard as she brought it to the table, it includes pork shoulder, smoked chicken, brisket, and bar- brisket and barbecue cheddar sausage with slaw, house-made pickles, two cornbreads, a side of uh, the market sides, and you have to, have to, have to add the... Um, Add the ribs as well. And we have one, two, three, four, five, six sides because they also brought over the seasonal side salad. Yeah, so it looks like it's a spinach and strawberry, and then it looks like it's also got um, some some sweet walnuts um, and tomato and what looks like a feta on on it as well. So, yeah, they were kind enough to bring this over, um, and this is one of the seasonal offerings. McKenna, look, you are a professional... I'm going to defer to you as to almost how to attack the butcher board appropriately. Well, I like to go for my favorite thing first, so I'm actually going to go for this for the ribs. I think. All right, so we're, we're, I, I think we're just following his lead is probably the best 
Yeah, I mean, every time you give him the mic first and then come to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to follow that act. So yeah, you you lead the way, and we'll just we'll just happily follow whatever everything on this trail looks good. Because it's 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 overwhelming. Um, I almost wouldn't know what to do. Have you ever done this? Have you ever done the butcher board before? Yeah, yeah, we we actually do the butcher board a lot, and we add the ribs um, along with it, and and I think this is similar to the sides that we we usually get. But some I, I haven't had the mac and cheese, so I'm excited to try that. And so I will tell you, so um, there was a um, there's a place in in Naples and Marco Island where I lived, and I and been going with my family for over 30 years called Mickle Bob's, which is which has award winning ribs. They are phenomenal. People literally do line up out the door for them. I will tell you, I was incredibly pleasantly surprised the first time I came here just how well these ribs hold up to that standard I have set for myself. The other thing, too, is you can see as you as you cut it up, there's three, four-ish very, very meaty ribs in there, too. And you can, just, again, just looking at the side, just how tender and juicy they are, too. Ken- Kenneth is literally done with his rib. I turned away from it. <laughs> Kenneth, you can't. If Kenneth, he's eating the bone like it's like he's Fred Flintstone. I would like to gnaw this bone, but I think it would embarrass Lisa, so I won't. It is really delicious. I, again, you can taste the smokiness in the ribs. It does. They do have a sweet sauce. They're wet ribs. They're not a dry rub. So if you're from Memphis and you're uh, a real rib aficionado and you prefer dry, these are not the ribs for you, but they are very, very good if you have an open mind. And because I only have the ability to use one hand, because I'm holding the microphone, it actually worked that well because I'm able to cut and pull the meat off these ribs with just a fork. I mean, they, they are literally falling off the bone. Yeah, I just switched to a fork because I noticed nobody else at the table was just going in with their hands. So, um, no, I mean, these are so meaty. And, and yeah, it's 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 like three or four, um, you know, ribs just with a ton, a ton of meat on them. And they're not fatty at all. Sometimes ribs have, a you know, a lot of stuff that I don't eat attached to them. But these are, I mean, I don't know from wet or dry ribs. I just know these taste good. And if you look, the color of the meat, that wonderful pink color with that slight almost char on the outside is absolutely perfect because you also get that contrast and textures with that little bit of burn on the outside. Kenneth just finished the entire butcher board while we were talking. There's nothing left except two pieces of of Brussels sprouts. (laughs) You've you've already moved past the ribs. We're still talking ribs. Kenneth has moved on to chicken. Well, everything else on the platter is uh, sliced and easily shareable, but the ribs and chicken, if you're sharing, you're going to have to cut them uh, for the people at the table. Um, So that's what I was doing. I was actually just cutting the chicken into three equal portions so we could share but the rest of it is is very nicely sliced the brisket and the pork shoulder are sliced and then the cheddar sausage of course is sliced as well lisa if you want some chicken you better get it quickly because kenneth's going to take it all and it's going to be gone yeah and I'll, I'll say too as a mother of two i'm often charged with these slicing up duties so i'm delighted that kenneth has taken charge because godspeed with some of the stuff you've managed to portion at this table <laughs> But let us not forget the pleasure of enjoying sides with our food. Sure, so, we shouldn't wait till the end. You're right. Yeah. So I'm going to sample some of the sweet potato tots and pass them. 
and the mac and cheese. Again, nice, n- nice, hearty, shareable portions of each. Oh, absolutely. The mac and cheese comes in um, a little bowl, and again, it's got that wonderful sort of sear on top with the, the crumbles. And you literally just gave me two tater tots. You ate all the... Lisa gave me two tater tots. Clearly, I see which one of these are your favorites. The Brussels sprouts, the best ones are the dark ones, I find. There's some caramelized um, sugar in there that really makes them... You and I are like... I I like things... I I know people think I'm weird. I I like sometimes things a little bit almost burnt, um, whether it be my toast or anything and I love exactly that on the Brussels sprouts so yeah when I when I roast vegetables the blacker the better so I just leave them in there and forget until <laughs> until um you know until they're good and good and burned so yeah these are these are perfectly made and surprise like we love my kids love Brussels sprouts like we've we just that we've always given them since they were kids but we actually make them at home just like this a lot of times but, so you're adding a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra pepper, a little extra salt. Yeah, salt to the uh, tater, the the sweet potatoes. Oh. Yeah, these Brussels are so sweet in this maple caramel glaze. I'm, I'm sorry, the caramel whiskey. Yeah, caramel whiskey glaze. They just melt in your mouth. So it's good. almost like a dessert. I mean, it's they're sweet. They're so good. They are sweet, and a good roasted Brussels sprout should be. It's funny because the Brussels sprouts I grew up on were those. Keep talking. I'll keep eating. Yeah, the Brussels sprouts I grew up on were those frozen things that like didn't smell quite right, and like, and I grew up thinking that I hated Brussels, and then when I started having them made properly, like roasted, I can't get enough, and they're one of my mm. favorite sides. The mac and cheese is terrible, so please don't try that. I'm going to have to eat the rest of that, I can see, uh, for the table. But I'll take one for the team. It's very, very rich. Um, delicious. So you, you, you stick your fork in the mac and cheese, and you get those long, wonderful strings of cheese in between the pieces of pasta. Just like that, like the picture you're about to take. Hurry, I need some more mac and cheese. And I'm, I'm curious about this watermelon and tomato salad, um, so I'm going to try it now. Wow. What? I would never have thought to put these two together. I'm not even a big fan of watermelon. I'm not sure if you're telling the truth or if you're lying, so you're distracting me from the tater top. <laughs> I wouldn't put that past me, but I'm really telling the truth here. It's really good. And be sure you get some onion and... Isn't that good? I would never think to put watermelon and tomato and feta and uh, the pickled onions is what does it. I would eat onions like they're candy. That's so good. Yeah, I think, I mean, the the barbecue here is fantastic, but it's a heavy meal. And I think, like, adding something like this just really cuts the, the, the heaviness of... And the, the tomato together with watermelon is an interesting combination, but then you add the basil and fennel and feta and those, like you said, those pickled onions, and it's just a really, really well put together side. I love This is one of my favorite sides on the menu. One might say it's refreshing. <laughs> no, it really is. It, it, it's a great thing to have in the summer. I can imagine, like, a pool party 
with a big bowl of this. And, um, yeah, it's really, really good. It's even better when they wash it down with a sweet potato tot. And one of my favorites, which is getting lost in the shuffle over here, is the cauliflower. So I'm trying to grab... Oh, look at that big... The roasted cauliflower is is barbecued with um, paprika, sour cream, and candied pepitas. Yeah, so I think cauliflower is the new black these days. Um, And yeah, roasted cauliflower. There's just nothing better than roasted cauliflower. And this is done so well. It has that sweetness to it. Um, like you said, it's got the candied pepitas um, with paprika and sour cream. And, yeah, it's, it's right up there with the Brussels sprouts for me. Now, I'm really curious about the Strawberry Fields Forever. So I'm going to try a little bit of that, too. Um, this is a strawberry and spinach salad. <laughs> Good. I like the fact that he's sort of the initial taste tester, too. I almost didn't believe you about the, the watermelon salad. Yeah, it's a surprise to me, too. But the watermelon sort of expands. It's as if the flavor profile of the tomato is expanded about 25% more towards the sweet. But it just tastes like a really fantastic tomato with a watermelon aftertaste. It's good. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, we joke about refreshing, but, like, when you're eating in Florida heat, it can be important to have something to sort of cut the the weight of a meal. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a good aside. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to try this salad that Kenneth just snatched from in front of me to try. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth's a little bit of an aggressive eater. He's the alpha <laughs> at, the, at the table. <laughs> well, you know, again, the strawberry field salad is a seasonal thing. It's not on the menu all the time. And I'll have to say it's not, it would not be my reflex to order it. But it is, it is along the lines of the tomato watermelon salad. It's very light and refreshing, and frankly, it's wonderful. I'm, you know, I may, you know, if I come again and the grits and greens are here, I'm not going to shed a tear. But uh, this this is really good. So rank for me, for us, your top two sides because most normal human beings will come here, and I believe a lot of the sandwiches. Um, you can get with depending on what you get you can get with one or two sides I think that's most normal human beings would what they so top two so that's a tough tough order because there's a lot of good stuff in front of us and I like all of it but if, there was, if all the sides were in the middle of the street and a garbage truck was coming down and can only save two what would you save so I'm going to add to that that eating it with this meal because that weighs in for me so the the, the meat is very heavy um, and so, for me, if I were to choose just two sides to have along with it, believe it or not, it would be the Brussels and this um, watermelon salad. Um, the Brussels I can't not get. And yeah, this watermelon salad is so good and refreshing. And this Strawberry Fields um, seasonal salad that they've added to the menu, again, you're pairing tomatoes with strawberries, something that I wouldn't necessarily normally do to do a tomato with a, with a more regular fruit. Um, and I'm also, what I usually go for a crisper green in a salad. This is spinach. But because it's sprinkled with the walnuts and, um, and like a little bit of a granola on top, you still get the sweet crunch, even though it's a spinach. So it's, it's really, really good. So, Kenneth, for you, this has to be like picking your favorite child. There's so many. I mean, deep down, you know you have two. So go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, deep down, it's the mac and cheese and the sweet potatoes. And if I were, if it were winter time and they had the grits and greens, those would be my go-tos. But having said that, um, you know, today it's a nice spring day outside. Summer is coming, and that tomato watermelon salad and the strawberry field salad are actually what the doctor ordered today. It's really, really good. I will say that was a huge surprise for me. I I would have said to myself, it sounds lovely, I'll try it one day, and I would normally have just moved on to my favorites. It's something I would probably come back and actually order, especially as it gets warmer outside. That being said, I love those Brussels sprouts. I think those Brussels sprouts are phenomenal, and I'm, I'm having a tough time choosing between the the lightly fried wonderful goodness of the sweet potato tots and the cauliflower because the cauliflower is so different too that flavor of that cauliflower is different than I've had anywhere else um, so it might be a shock that I didn't put the mac and cheese and other things like that higher but I love 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 those Brussels sprouts like there's nobody's business I'll say this too I think the apple fennel coleslaw with the orange would make a nice side from the uh, pig sandwich. That was oh, yeah. really. It was actually really coleslaw that yeah. came with it. We haven't even. I, did you try the coleslaw? And please don't forget the uh, jalapeno cornbread, which I snuck in while you guys were talking. What? It is fantastic, and there's one right there if you want to try one. I'm like Newman. I ate. I, I'm like Newman. Um, well, actually, yeah. So there's the bottom. So if you want to be Newman, you can eat the bottom. I topped the muffin for you. I almost, I mean, it's funny because I love cornbread. I almost forgot. I almost didn't see it there it was because I was distracted by all the other good stuff. It's actually one of the things I love about going to Hoopty Doo is the cornbread oh, yeah. that's over there. Uh-huh. And you know what? Um, there's a few other places that you can get some really good cornbread. But I love, I, I like that idea of that little bit of that heat in with the with the addition of the jalapeno. Yeah, I love jalapeno and cornbread and I also love that their cornbread is, is a muffin so you get like the chewy muffin texture all around. I, I love, you know, regular traditional sliced cornbread, but this muffin style you get that chewy like muffin top, you know, and through. <laughs> you guys haven't even tried the chicken yet, so I'm a, I'm one ahead of you. So if you don't try that and comment on it, we're just going to have to move on. Kenneth has literally lapped us in terms yeah, of food. Yeah. Like, he's moved on to... You better eat the chicken quickly. Is there any left? <laughs> she said, is there any left? Not much. I mean, it's kill or be killed here. I almost feel like I want to just pick it up with my hands. But again, because I'm using just one hand because I'm holding the, the recorder. Same thing with the chicken, too. It just falls apart using just a fork. I mean, it's visibly moist, so you know it's not going to be anything dry. But, Kenneth, since you ate your, since you finished your chicken 25 minutes ago. Yeah, it's very good. I, I would say on the plate, um, it will probably be crowded out by its more popular peers. Um, but, you know, served on its own, it's uh, a fine, solid dish. It's... Um, you know, I had some of the white meat. It was not dry at all. It was juicy, tender. The The skin on the chicken has a nice rub. And, um, you know, I would not think of it in terms of barbecue necessarily, but it's it's very good sort of roasted chicken. 
Yeah, and I think it's a nice, maybe like you said, almost an, an alternative if you don't want the, the beef and the forks. The flavor on the outside is wonderful. It's the, it's the, um, the, the chicken inside that is, comparatively speaking, not as flavor intense as some of the other stuff. But yeah, I mean, it, I mean in terms of that versus the ribs, I mean, there's a, a much wider flavor profile for the ribs. Yeah, I mean, I just got left with a sad little wing over here, but <laughs> it is good. I mean, it says it's, it's a citrus marinade and the polite rub. It does have a little kick, um, and it definitely has more flavor than I expected it to going in. Um, you know, it's it's not, you know, I'm personally not, it, it's good if you're coming for chicken. It's not necessarily what I would choose as my first choice, but I definitely enjoy it as a part of this platter. Yeah, what I would say is this: the chicken would be a good palate to sample some of the sauces. Mm. You oh, know, yeah. where I think the other meats I prefer just on their own, they're good on their own. The chicken would be a good thing to sort of peel and dip into some of these various sauces. Like, you know, I'm kind of curious about the barbecue ranch. It's almost, uh, it looks like the Alabama mus- uh, mayonnaise based sauce. So I'm kind of curious about that. I've never tried it here. We completely forgot about the sauces. That's where the chicken would have really shined. Yeah. I have a little bit of chicken left, so I'm going to go back in. I mean, we have six different sauces, so I almost feel like I need more chicken to, to try them all. Did you try any of the sauces yet? Yeah, I just tried that ranch that was Kenneth was mentioning it, and it almost has like a mustardy ranch kick to it. It's Yeah, it's really, really good, and that this is smart because the chicken definitely has a simple enough you know, flavor profile to really be able to experiment with these sauces. So, Kenneth, I'm going to go, when she put down the vinegar-based one here, that's the one where your eyes sort of lit up. That's mustard. Yeah, that's mustard, and it does have some vinegar in it, too. I don't think it's a sweet mustard, but yeah. That's similar to a like a South Carolina low country. Oh yeah, like it's a little bit of like a spicy mustard. Yeah, and I think that uh, ranch-based sauce, although in Alabama they wouldn't use ranch dressing, they would just use mayonnaise. But from the color and texture of it, it's very similar to an uh, an Alabama sauce. Oh, so I just tried a couple of the other ones. So the here, this is the play. Oh, that's spicy. Oh, I just got a little zip to that. The chicken is like fondue. You like dip it. You get all the different sauces, and you dip your chicken in. There you go. That's a little bit of a... a do you fondue? It's, it's been a while. I think I did it as a very... It's an Avengers time. reference, by the way. Oh. Captain America reference. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, it's been a while. But yeah, no, that's, this, this is smart. I like the idea of doing the chicken and using that to try these sauces. We'll, have to, we'll get to we need. from the original Captain America. I'm a little slow on the uptake. Yeah. Do you fondue? That's because Kenneth is, is five meets ahead of us on the on the lunch. I'm um, focused on food here. So did we all try? This is the brisket? Yes. And honestly, I thought the ribs were my favorite until today. That brisket is exceptionally good today. Really, really good. If you're from Texas, this is going to make you homesick. And so brisket is what? It's beef. Um, it's, um, I forget what cut the, is normally used for brisket, but it's uh, kind of like a London, uh, a Texas version of London broil that's uh, cooked over um, mesquite wood, and it's very, very good. 
you know, you might be right because that, again, that, that almost burnt exterior to it and that smokiness of the meat is really, really nice. Yeah, so this is actually done with a coffee rub and you can kind of get that intensity from the outside of it. And I assume this has this is a vinegar, right, Kenneth? I'm, I, I, get yeah, sure. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. This this might be my favorite thing on the plate. It's and it's it's the same sort of melt in your mouth texture that we had on the sandwich that was the brisket yeah. sandwich. Yes. Kenneth, if it was anybody else, I would tell you to stop eating the brisket because there's not one, but two more meats on the plate to still get to. Um, since you are so, this is we have the sausage and what else is left. Uh, the pork shoulder, um, which also would be a good dipping meat. I think pork is a very mild. And I think the way they prepare it here, it has some smoky flavor, but it's also a very mild meat that would, you know, uh, be good for sauce dipping. But this brisket, I, with the coffee rub and that sauce that they put in, it's just so perfect as it is. I just would not dip this. It would be... And that's how I felt about the other meats. Like, oh, I didn't want to take away from the way it was prepared by adding some. It's, you know, it's like adding ketchup to something. I didn't want to. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to again cut with uh, with one hand here. If you're, you know, you're in a sushi restaurant and they tell you no soy on this one. Right, right. You know, that, that's what the brisket is. No sauce on that. This one again, you can tell that it's been smoked. Um, it's delicious. Um, it could stand some sauce, um, but it's very, very good. And there's a um, there's a, a rubbed spiciness to it too. But I agree. I think this can almost be enhanced by trying some of the other sauces with it. Yeah, I mean, it says this is with the polite rub, which I guess is a signature rub of theirs. Um, and again, it's nice to have a couple simpler meats, uh, simpler flavor profile meats on the on the plate because it kind of gives you an excuse to mess with these sauces. And definitely, I think this pork shoulder um, is is good to play with. I just tried it that mustard sauce, and that's fantastic as well. Are we ready to move on to the sausage? Like I'm eating fast, so I because I'm going to start to get full. Believe it or not. Because there's a huh? Before your brain catches, before your brain catches up with your stomach, <laughs> that you're full. I have not yet begun to eat. <laughs> so the the sausage is a brisket and barbecue cheddar sausage. This is not something I have ever had anywhere else. Is this a, a common? No, no. This is not. I, I think this is unique. I've never seen it before. Um, you do see sausage in some barbecue out in Texas sometimes, but I've never seen cheddar infused sausage. It's, I just got, as you were saying it, as I was chewing, there were sort of these waves of different flavors, and I got hit with one of those. It was a very unexpected flavor and, and textural change with the, the, the cheddar inside the sausage. Yeah, so it's got like, you know, you can see the chunks of cheddar inside the sauces and then there's a bourbon glaze on the outside. Um, so yeah, it's really, really interesting. It almost reminds me, and don't take this the wrong way because, you know, it's a very simple meal, but when you get the, you used to get the hot dogs that had like the cheese through the middle, I mean, it's like a really upscale version of that. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's like a cheese dog. Yeah. I would almost like, I'm curious maybe of dipping the sausage into some of the other things because it does, it changes the whole yeah. um, flavor profile of it, especially with some of the ones that have that little bit of added heat to it as well. And that's what I like too is that being able to go up and get your own sausage and, and flavor to taste, you're, you're not going to order something and if you don't like it, you know, you're in trouble because you've put this one sauce on it. You can sort of mix and match and dip, and it's a, it's, a, it's a little sort of sausage tasting menu. Yeah, I think it's always fun, like, to come with a group of people or a family and kind of get all the sauces and try them all, and everybody kind of can talk about what they like the most. I mean, I know, like, with my kids, even, like, growing up, it was just something silly we would do as a family is, like, sample all the different sort of condiments on the table, so. Yeah, I think if it were up to me, I would... I would make the ribs a standard feature of this butcher block, and I might make that cheddar sausage a side. It is a nice, uh, you know, starter or side. It, it to me, it's not something that belongs in this company, but it's very good. I also wonder if the order in which you eat things on this changes your opinion. If we would have eaten that first, we would have been like, "Oh my God, this is the best thing ever," but we sort of started with. You know, what we knew was going to be, or we thought was going to be, did we think that was going to be the best of the best? What? Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like when you do a wine flight or a beer flight, you're supposed to start with sort of like the lightest taste and then kind of work your way up in intensity. So it's kind of unfair the way that we tackled these because, like, for example, that brisket and the ribs had such a, like, strong, potent taste. You know, we've sort of worked our way into the milder flavored meats. And they're, they're all very, very good. And some of them really lend themselves more to being dipped in some of these great sauces. Um, but it's hard. It's, kind of, it's almost like we've sort of done a wine flight in the wrong direction. So. You, don't, you have no recollection of that, of that um, southern pig sandwich at this point, do you? It's, no, it's all, it's, all, it's all a blur. Actually, I keep going back to it over there every few minutes while you guys are talking so that I don't eat too far ahead of you. So. What you're not seeing on the audio is that kind of the slowly accumulating a horde of all of the things that we haven't finished sort of around him that he's notching on as we're yapping. Yeah, he's very, he's, I see why he does it the way he does it. He'll start eating first, and then as we're talking, he's going back and literally picking whatever remaining meat is on the bone. <laughs> That's why there's nothing, I mean, there was a lot of food, and there's literally almost nothing he's left. literally sitting here finishing the pickles that were, <laughs> which are very good. We didn't talk about the pickles, but they're that, like, sort of um, half half done crisp pickle yeah. that's you can sort of still tell that it was a cucumber in its previous life they're very very good it's almost like a nice little palate cleanser yeah it's almost something you forget to mention but every detail of the food here i think there must have been a lot of thought into this and a lot of test kitchen work because every single flavor is thought through there's nothing that we've sampled today that wasn't extraordinary you know usually there's a highlight of a meal, but everything is a highlight here. It's all just really, really good. Yeah, like we're, we're on, you know, this big butcher board and, and have these five or six different meats. And, and I'm trying, I'm remembering, because it was so long ago, how much I loved that sandwich. So was there a, was there a, a single meat either that you had on the sandwich or on the butcher board that this is the one that is sticking with you or that you want to come back for? So I think for me, the theme, I mean, everything has been fantastic, but the theme of this meal has almost been the brisket because that sandwich, I, I do love the, the, the um, southern pig sandwich as well, but that, 
that brisket sandwich that just melts in your mouth and that ciabatta roll um, was so, so good. And then that you really, and it was cool to be able to then taste the brisket by itself and see how it sort of stands on its own. So this this has sort of been a brisket brisket dominated meal for me. And before I give you the mic, can I just take the piece of pork shoulder and put it on your plate? He's going back and daintily cutting a single piece. I keep waiting for you guys to like eat something. I don't know what. I'm afraid that if I put my hand near the plate, he's going to try and cut off a finger and just. Might, but yeah, I I think I'd agree with Lisa. I think the brisket was the MVP of the Super Bowl here. I I think so too. The brisket, those ribs were really good too, and I think you're right about having the ribs as um, almost a staple on the menu. I'm trying to give it its fair due. That sandwich that we had. At the very beginning, the, the very beginning, that the the, um, the low and no, that the low and slow brisket might be the you know if you if you can't come in and don't want to get the the entire butcher board and are just looking for a sandwich on the side, you know, yes, you can you can get it you know just sort of from the smoker as a platter, but I really liked the way the meat and the bread and sort of everything on the sandwich complemented one another. Um, if I came back by myself, I would probably go with the low and slow brisket sandwich, and I would get the Brussels sprouts as a side with the sweet potatoes as a secondary side. So I loved that low and slow brisket, but I will say that for me, the southern pig, I just love the texture and crispness of that slaw and the mandarin oranges on top. and. Um, and the, the pulled pork and fennel, it's just such a good springtime. Um, it's a, such a good springtime sandwich. And the other thing that I'll say is that um, the other thing that I'll say is that the, the sandwiches, I think, are very rich and shareable. Um, so I think in order to, you know, you're not always going to come here and order quite as much of the menu as we just did. Um, Kenneth will. But, <laughs> Kenneth will, but otherwise. No, I mean, it, we've, we've had the opportunity to sample a lot of great great things, but I think that so many of these things are shareable that you can sort of come in with, um, you know, with a friend or, or, you know, a group of people and maybe get one of the sandwiches because they are very rich and then, you know, some of the sides to go along with it, um, you know, and be able to really sample a lot of the menu that way. And I think everything is very palatable. And what I mean by that, there's, there's nothing, even if you've never tried barbecue before, there's nothing on the menu that's scary and I think there's there's such a wide spectrum of things that you can eat if you want something as simple as the chicken and maybe want to plus it up on your own with the sauces you can if you want to go you know full blown Kenneth and get yourself you know the the brisket board for two and have it all by yourself you can do that too um, because I think that there is such a, a wide variety of did you just push something oh it was salad salad <laughs> Kenneth, I actually saw Kenneth refuse something, but it was is it was the salad. <laughs> yeah, this has been fantastic, and I'm really you know eager to see what dessert looks like. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so predictable. Yeah, he is so predictable. You can see him like stewing over there, waiting for the next thing. Because I'm lo- watching, I'm watching the the direction of his eyes. Look, he's literally scanning the table to see what's left. He's like, you know what? Water, <laughs> looking for something to eat, and it's all gone now. And but he sees that boat full of sweet tourists coming by, knowing that they're going to be filled with red velvet cake and whatever the other uh, special. And we got to see if we can get, if they, like, maybe get a cookie, too, just for research purposes. I mean, I think we have to, right? We have to. Assuming there's any left. Yeah, 
because we've been here for what two hours already 12, 12 hours, I think. We've been eating and talking. I'm sorry to everyone listening, but I hope you came not starving to this. Yeah, they, they should know in advance, never, ever, ever listen hungry. So, all right, well, let's, we'll finish sort of picking. There's a couple of things. Like, I love the cornbread. I love the vegetables. Uh, my mom would be proud. And even the pickle, like we did, we forgot about the pickle, but that pickle was delicious, and it's a nice little palate cleanser at the end of the meal. So I don't remember if I um, mentioned the bee's knees drink. That's because it's your third one. She doesn't... (laughs) No. But um, no, this is new on the menu. It's called the bee's knees, which is sort of a fun name from the 20s. But um, this is has quickly become one of my favorite drinks on property, which is saying a lot because I do like to sample them at different places. Um, But no, it's it's like a... It almost tastes like a... um, like a refreshing lemonade. It's London dry gin, honey, and lemon, which is funny because I'm not normally a gin lover at all. Um, but you really can't. It, it doesn't have that gin cut to it, and the honey and lemon. It just. It really just tastes like, like a like an interestingly flavored lemonade. Um, it's got a little bit of a fizz to it. Um, it's beautifully presented. Um, yeah, and it, and I'll, I'll say it's. You know, I've. You know, I like to sample the different sort of signature cocktails around property, and this has quickly become. One of my favorite drinks on property. It's not too sweet, um, but it's not so adventurous that it would scare anyone away at all. I highly recommend it. So you said honey lemon like ten times. Where is honey lemon from? Where's honey lemon from? I have no idea. What character, what Disney film is honey lemon from? I, you gotta help. Worst fans ever. I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. It's Disney and Marvel. I'm shocked. Please. Animated. Animated? He's a hugger. One of my favorite animated movies. <laughs> Don't put the mic up to me. We share the same soft, non-threatening, huggable design. Winnie the Pooh. I literally just gave it to you. This is this is why I need you, the listener, sitting next to me. I have a non-threatening, huggable design. How do you rate your pain? So Disney, Walt Disney was an animator years ago who created an entire empire. No, nothing. None of this is... No, don't do the Google. Don't ask Jeeves. Don't go to Excite.com or Alta Vista. None of this is working for you. I think you've thoroughly... You know, ruined us for anyone listening. So why don't you enlighten us and anyone in the audience who's as stupid as San Francisco? <laughs> now, now I'm just I'm literal. I'm appalled and embarrassed. San Francisco. Well, I know what that's from. From what? That's from the. Uh, <laughs> God, you're putting me on the spot. Now I like Lisa, I can understand because she's had seven bees knees and you're in a meat coma. It's Big Hero Six. Oi. So what's Honey Lemon? Honey Lemon is one of the is one of the characters in Big Hero Six. I always start crying at the beginning of that movie, and it's all a blur. After this, we need to go and have we need to go and have a you know what we need to do since we're going to need a nap after this. We will have to go home and watch Big Hero Six. So we've just finished our two hour nap and are ready for dessert. Um, my suggestion was to order one and share it. Kenneth was like. Absolutely not. We need to have everything on the menu. So we have the red velvet cake, the orange blossom pie, and the buttermilk chest pie. And 
because timing very much so is everything, we were able to snag one of the very exclusive and elusive Gideon's. I, I'm, I'm struggling calling this a chocolate chip cookie. It's a giant mound of cookie smothered in a, 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 a snowdrift of chocolate chips. It's it, it seriously. It weighs about a pound. Like that is that is not your grandmother's chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, I think the cookie dough is really just serving as glue for this mound of chocolate chips. It's a it's a thing to behold. Yeah, and these um, these are kind of hard to get around here, so we got pretty lucky. Um, I think they come out not every day, but most days at 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. If you're waiting, you might be able to score one. So. We'll be taking a lot of pictures of this thing, I'm sure. Yeah, and people literally line up for it. So we're going to cut it in half and sell the other one, the other half in the black market in the lime garage <laughs> because we can probably get we can probably get a few bucks for it. So stand there in a trench coat. So Kenneth, I know you. I have dined with you. We have been. We've actually shared meals in each other's homes, and I know your love of pie goes even farther, higher, further, faster than your love of the barbecued meats. Yeah, I think that's true. I love all kinds of pie, and uh, especially southern cakes. I love hummingbird cake. Um, you know, hummingbird cake they have here at Homecoming. And uh, my mom used to make hummingbird cake and black velvet, I mean red velvet cake and Italian cream cake. I mean, you name it. I love southern desserts, and I think we're about to have three good ones here. So as you saw the three different ones was there one that, since you seem to be the expert in this arena, Lisa, not taking anything away from you and your, your culinary dessert-eating expertise, but clearly Kenneth is in his element here, is there an order in which we should partake of the dessert trio? No, I don't think there's a particular order. I, I think I'm more curious about the red velvet cake because, to me, a lot of... A lot of places have what they call red velvet cake, but it's really just a red cake that doesn't taste at all like that. And um, I'm, I'm really curious to, to taste the red velvet. So do we do it first or do we do it last? So like, to you guys. So I'm going to say, not that we didn't enjoy the last three hours of eating, but let's not make the mistake we made with the beef. Let's not start heavy and then move light. Let's start light and go heavy. Because I think if we start with this red velvet cake, which looks fantastic, and I know, Kenneth, you're itching to, to get to it, that's going to be coating our mouth, and we're not going to appreciate the other two. So why don't we start on the lighter ones and then go up from there? So I, I would assume the lighter one would be this this orange blossom. I believe this would be the buttermilk chess, yes. and then this would be the... So we'll do one, two, three. Wait, I want to get a picture with the dessert, if possible. So can you? Yeah. All right, Kenneth. Since you've been you've been such a patient boy, waiting the longest, I will let you. You will dive in first. You get that first bite. I'm starting to get too sleepy to eat here. So this is the uh, lemon orange, or lemon the what? orange blossom. Orange blossom, like the trail. It is um, an orange version of key lime pie. It is key lime pie, except it's orange. Oh, I like that a lot. Mm. I like that a lot. That is, it's like orange juice 
meets key lime pie, and that graham cracker crust is so light. Oh, I love that. That's really oh, it's exact. I mean, both of your definitions are exactly the right way to describe it, and and I love that. There's almost a, a bite from the citrus that's really nice. That's offset by the um, the sweetness and the, the texture of the graham cracker. Oh, that's lovely. I would, I would even call it refreshing. <laughs> ding. We need a little refreshing, like ding. Oh, sound. Yeah, it could be a drinking game when you listen to the podcast. But no, it's like it is. It's it's like fresh squeeze. If fresh squeezed orange juice, like really sweet fresh squeezed orange juice, was the texture of pie. Like it's it's it tastes like it's that. It's that simple of a flavor profile, and I mean that in the best possible way. But there's almost that little bit of, like you said, like, like a little bit of like the tart tartiness yeah, to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's got some orange zest mm-hmm. in it, yeah. not just orange. So it has the tart bitterness of the That's a That is a lovely little piece of pie right there. It is. It's perfect. Oh, I really like that a lot. Oh, all right. Focus, Mangello. Move now. We're going to move on to Kenneth is cleansing his palate with his tea. We're going to move on to the buttermilk chest pie, which looks like it has almost like a granola, granola on top. Yeah. But it so seems if you're to be like take a, a bite off the front. Be sure to sweep some of the granola to the front. Right. It almost looks like it has like a the texture of like a flan. Yes, that's exactly what I was. Yeah, I was trying to place the texture, and it looks like it has that. Like that solid blonde consistency. So we'll have to. So, this is um, something you usually see at a potluck dinner in the South, but it's in squares. And I forget what they call these. This. I've had this a lot, actually, but it wasn't called buttermilk chest pie it was um, it's usually done in squares in a like a, a dish at a cupboard potluck dinner it's good I expect it to be much heavier and denser than it was it's almost like a slightly thicker like a like a, a lemon meringue like a lemon curd type pie yeah it has that curd like consistency but then it, then it almost has the sweetness of like a pecan pie like almost the lower like that sort of sweet richness um, but yeah no it's it you're right it's like a curd consistency but smooth very smooth and having the the it looks like it's it's pecans and maybe some other nut again it offers um, a nice balance of because I when I saw flan I'm not normally a flan man. I was going to say flan model. It, like, it looks like flan, but it's nothing like no, It's not no. flan at all. But it, when you first see it, you think maybe it's going to be flan. It, they say it's custard-based, but I don't. I, I would call that, the uh, the orange pie, more of a custard pie. This is not at all. It's, it's a lot richer. Yeah. yeah, it tastes a lot to me like the lower portion of a pecan pie, that, mm-hmm. yeah. but in a much creamier, more um, hearty way yeah that rich kenneth is literally staring at us as we're talking he has his fork cocked like all right people quit talking i gotta get me to to that red velvet (laughs) although he's eating more of the other pie while he's waiting so go ahead kenneth cleanse your palate i'm putting this right in front of you this is the moment you've been waiting all day and literally we've been here all day this is the moment you've been waiting all day for 
Okay, so I want to be sure I'm not disappointed because red velvet cake is something that always gets my hopes up and then usually I'm disappointed. A good red velvet cake, the layers should have a bitter chocolatey taste and the frosting should be cream cheese and it should have a, an almost sour sweet flavor mixed with the... Uh, the bitterness of the chocolate layer. Let's see how they did here. Kind of got very serious all of a sudden. It's very good. Yes. That's <laughs> good. You're going to want to eat a bite of that right now. You're staring at it longingly. Like, are you really, you're, you haven't taken your eyes off of it for, for but a moment. If you don't get a bite, it's going to be gone. You, you should go now. So we ate them in the right order. Wow. As Kenneth was talking about what it should taste like before he took a bite, I realized I've probably never had really good red velvet cake because I've never gotten that bitter, sort of pure chocolate kick. That's fantastic. And that cream cheese icing is really, really... So I love cream cheese and frosting on cake. So what I like about this is it's not overly sweet. You would see a, a, a large, and it's a it's a good sized piece of cake. I, I, my fear would be that it would be too sweet. I think it's not. I think you're right about the order that we did it. But I think I'm trying to imagine which of these would be a wonderful complement to your meal. What would sort of be that that. I know it's silly, but I think about that last flavor that I want to be sitting in my mouth when I'm done with a meal. Which do you think would be the best complement to the meal and that last flavor you want sitting in your in your mouth? So for me, they were all excellent, but I'm all about the first one we had, this orange blossom pie. It's got a fantastic texture. Like I said, it almost tastes like drinking fresh squeezed orange juice in the form of a pie dessert. Um, and I also love that, I mean, these are all unique in their own way, but this, this orange blossom pie really is like something I've never had before. Um, so I think I would take advantage of being able to get this. I think I agree with Lisa. I think if I were a visitor here, could only order one dessert, I would probably try that. The red velvet cake is delicious. The chess pie is also delicious. But that orange um, pie is a standout because it's it's unique, I think, and it's very, very good. Surprisingly, um, I have to agree with the both of you. Um, I liked, I think in order, yeah, I would probably put the, the chess pie, then the red velvet, and at the top of the list, I, I would have this um, this orange blossom pie. It's unique. I love the texture. It's sweet enough to sort of cleanse your palate and leave a nice flavor, like, in your mouth. I mean, for lack of a better word. Like, I'm happy we still have some left because that's the last thing I want to taste before they boil in the wheelbarrow to get my fat butt out of here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... The, it, it's so creamy and so different from anything I've ever had before. I am a big fan of key lime pie personally, but I don't. I'm not obsessed with it at all. But this is is just such a. It's so refreshing. It's it's such a. Um, 
Yeah, it's... Drink. <laughs> it does. It tastes like fresh-squeezed orange juice. And the graham cracker crust that's on this is so light that you barely know it's there. And I think it's a nice compliment to, you know, what you said before. And not in a bad way, but, you know, you have a lot of meat. It could be heavy. And it's a very, very light dessert. So you don't feel... You know, sometimes you have a heavy meal and you just feel awful. Wonderful, but awful afterwards. I think this is a nice way to sort of cleanse it and, and refresh it and, and leave that wonderful... I think it's a nice way to punctuate this meal. Yeah, I, I mean, I would honestly come here for just dessert happily and just enjoy a slice of this, um, you know, at the end of my night and, and head home. But I think for the same reason that I loved the watermelon, and they're both great in their own right, but for the same reason I love that watermelon feta salad along with the meal, I would love to close the meal with this um, this, this art. Would we be remiss if we didn't at least taste the Gideon chocolate chip? I mean, it, calling it a cookie is not doing it justice. Um, there, there's some serious <laughs> weight and density as I watch you literally try and cut your cookie. It's almost like a little chocolate chip pie. Not easily cut, is it? Hmm. Mm. Don't eat that. You're not gonna like it. Is it salt? I'm asking. I haven't had mine yet, but I see crystals of something on here, and I'm and I'm assuming it's salted. Yeah. Yep. There's nothing better than a little bit of salt with something sweet and chocolatey. It's so good. And as heavy as the cookie is, and how dense it is. That, that balance of the sweet and salty, it's not overpoweringly sweet. Like, And this is how I like my chocolate chip cookie. Filled with chocolate chips, not a lot of cookie, and still being super soft and moist. It's, I mean, and, it's, and I like a soft cookie. This sort of takes it to the next level. I mean, it really almost tastes like cookie dough. Yeah, I think it is. I don't even think the cookie dough is cooked. It had, it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's like a cookie dough that's just... I mean, it really just looks looks like really, really good quality chocolate chips, like stuck together with a minimal amount of cookie dough, and then it's salted. Um, I, I don't think it's actually been in an oven. And there's no way one person could eat that all by themselves. Like that's that's too much. To I mean, clear. for what it's worth, the single bite I just had, and we've eaten quite a lot to, to be to be fair. But the bite, I mean, it's really, it's really, really good. But that bite did me, did me good. Like if you want to, if you want something that'll hit the spot for a family of six, like score yourself yeah. one of these. And I think you know, we we said it at the very beginning, and I'm I'm more convinced of it now. You can come to the play pig by yourself. Again, pro tip: if there's no tables inside, you can actually sit at the bar and have access to the full menu. So. If you're a party of one, party of two, you can walk up to the bar. You don't have to drink to sit there, but you do have access to the full menu. But I think the way Polite Pig is best enjoyed is as we've done today, as we did last time we were here. We had a table of, it was probably 12, 14 of us or so, our families, our kids, getting together, ordering a lot of different foods and sharing. Look, I think you can come in and get some starters, some sides, and a salad and get a dessert and that's enough of a meal for, for two or three people to, to split no problem yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I love how shareable the entire menu is. I think last time we were here, like you said, we were with a large group. It almost felt like Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, the adults were on one side of the table. The kids were happily eating together on the other. We just come out of a movie. Um, so, yeah, I, I love, like, sort of this open space and, and, you know, that you can gather a large, larger group of people here, um, which is not something that you can normally do with this quality of food on Disney property. I mean, a table for 12 on Disney property with this level of food, I think you'd normally need to reserve six months in advance. But we walked in after a movie. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love that this is available as an option at Springs. And to your point, too, about being able to walk in and walk up, you can also order online. You can go to politepig.com. And get your food to go. So maybe after a long day in the parks, especially, look, I, I am a huge fan of, I, I still want to call them the downtown Disney hotels, the Disney Springs Resort Hotels. You can walk over here, come grab food, bring it back to your resort, or just get it uh, and bring it back wherever you're staying. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. And we, we said this is counter service. If you come at the prime meal times, you're going to see a long line at the counter. But don't let that put you off because the line moves very quickly. And no matter how crowded the dining room may seem, I've always been able to find a table. So it's don't be put off when you see a crowd here. And you will see crowds here during peak times for sure. And I think the one thing that we, we noticed and maybe mentioned, but I think bears mentioning again is, Kenneth, I think you may, somebody said, this is almost like a moderate resort of, of counter service, not just because of the decor inside and the quality of the food but there is a level of service here not just when you order but there are servers walking throughout that come to your table you know not once just to drop off your food but multiple times to see if you need anything can I get you some sauce can I refill your drink I I very much appreciate that especially at a restaurant where you don't need uh, an ADR in order to dine there I love the fact that they have plus their level of service by having uh, uh, folks walk around the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a great example of why when people who are sort of just very new to the Disney experience start to get overwhelmed and feel threatened and think, oh my gosh, I've never had a trip before where I had to know where I was going to eat six months in advance and play on my fast passes two months out. And this just is a really great example of how you can have an amazing, really high quality food experience off the cuff. You don't have to plan it. Um, I think Kenneth made a great point. Like, I think that the, there is a line that gathers at this particular restaurant that I think can make you think that maybe you should look for somewhere less crowded if you're walking by. But it moves very, very quickly. And I also love the fact that in this dining space, first of all, with the soaring ceilings and everything else, it, it just feels very open no matter how many people are in here. But also the tables are not packed in. You're not sort of sitting at a table for two trying to fit your plate and your you know, your butcher board on the on the table. They, these are large size tables and, and, and you don't feel packed in. So I, like Kenneth said, I mean, I wouldn't be... Um, I wouldn't be dissuaded by, you know, seeing a large group of people outside. It just speaks to the quality of the food. And I, and I love the fact that you don't have to wait at the counter to get your food and bring it back. I remember when I used to travel down here, like, with my wife, and I would be off <clears throat> working, researching, whatever. You know, you know, traveling with two young kids and a stroller and the diaper bag, it's hard to manage all that and carry a tray. So being able to be able to sit down and have them bring your food, it is very much a plussed-up version of counter service. Look, we, we have been here before. I think we will certainly um, be back again. Um, and this meal definitely solidified some uh, old favorites as well as some new favorites as well. Uh, I want to say thanks to the Polite Pig for inviting us in today to um, let us share in all of the good stuff. I, of course, want to thank you, 
my friend, the listener, for being here virtually. Fortunately, you're not here. There wouldn't have been any food to share with you, but virtually sharing with you. And, of course, Lisa Denoto-Glasser from the Castle Run and Kenneth Johnson from politepig.com because this is where you spend most of your time um, thank you guys so very much for being here thank you so much for, for having me um, yeah it's been it's been a pleasure and I've, I've, I love that we've been able to sample some things that I wouldn't necessarily have tried had I been just choosing like I usually do yeah thank you so much Lou everything was so fantastic thrilled to be a part of, of such a great dining experience and my favorite absolute favorite counter service at Disney Springs there's no question about it um, I, I think the food experience here is on par with many or most of the full-service restaurants here at Disney Springs. Wow, that, that's very high praise. And if, if you come into the Polite Pig, um, the, the queue for to the Kenneth meet and greet in the back corner, I think, begins around 1130. Don't make eye contact, and please don't try and touch any of his brisket, certainly not his uh, dessert pies. Um, it's definitely nap time, and that's the one thing I feel, is that uh, my kids need to, may need to go to an extended day today because, because Dad might need a nap in the, uh, in the line garage. Yeah, I'm sitting here very happy that my kids have golf after school and I get that extra hour. So I want to know from you, have you ever been to the Polite Pig? And if so, what did you enjoy most? What is your go-to menu item? What's the thing that you love most? What's the, the secret sauce that you think is the perfect combination let me know by going to www.radio.com slash community. That will take you to our Box People group on Facebook. Or you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Let me know. Actually, if you call from the Polite Pig, it's even better. Um, and just save some room at your table and save some room for dessert. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys very much for being here. This was, once again, um, as always, a, a wonderful afternoon spent sharing food with friends. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lou. Good night. So sleepy. for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, sometimes in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win the Disney Prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I asked you to simply finish this sentence from The American Adventure. And don't forget my blank, the true hallmark of progress. I want to thank the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that it was, of course, from The American Adventure. If you remember the scene in the Great Hall in Philadelphia, we see Mark Twain, Andrew Carnegie, Susan B. Anthony, and Alexander Graham Bell, who, after Andrew Carnegie talks about that young phonograph inventor Edison and Otis and his elevator and Cole's magnificent steam engine, Alexander Graham Bell says... And don't forget me telephone, the true hallmark of progress. That was and will always remain my Alexander Graham Bell impression. Anyway, I took all of the... We have, I have no idea what he sounded like. It doesn't matter. I took all of the correct entries. Again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered. Got this one correct. Randomly selected one. Once again, you were playing for all seven of my audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom. My 102 ways to save money for not Walt Disney World book. A WW Radio vinyl sticker. A pop socket 
And I'm going to throw in a WW Radio t-shirt as well. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Ryan Masterson. So, Ryan, congratulations. I have your information. Because you used the online form, I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, forget it. Put the past behind you or something like that. Because here's your, here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World non-food related trivia challenge. So this week, again, I'm going to try and make it super simple for you, but really make you think about this one, because I want you to tell me where in Walt Disney World can you find, or could you find, Dr. Stevens? Where in Walt Disney World can you find Dr. Stevens? Some things are worth waiting for. That's the only clue I'm going to give you, other than the fact that you have until Sunday, March 31st. I can't believe it's almost April already. Sunday, March 31st at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online form there, and again, you're going to play for all the digital products, a vinyl sticker, a pop socket, and a WW Radio t-shirt. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I have to say big thanks once again to all the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family, including Christine Leo, John Fulton, Hal Cussler, Brad Peterson, John Anderson, David Iwanowski, Katie Kuhn, George Hang, The Wittons, Stan Solo, Joe Jeffrey, and Luke Lawson. I sincerely appreciate each and every one of you, and I want to thank you for helping to support the show. If you want to find out how you can not only help the show, but get exclusive rewards every month, including a new scavenger hunt, access to our private Facebook group, WW Radio Nation Magic Band covers, exclusive live group video calls, logo gear, and lots more, including special and early access to WW Radio and other events. Visit www.radio.com support, and don't forget that a portion of your contribution does go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And don't forget that just because this episode is coming to a close, I still want the conversation, more importantly, the community to continue over on Facebook in our Box People group. If you go to www.radio.com slash community, you can really be part of the conversation, not just about this show, but anything that you want to talk about, which is most important, you guys help to create and foster that sense of community. It's completely family-friendly. Anyone and everyone is welcome. It's also a great way to make sure you don't miss anything by turning on notifications there. You'll also find out about our weekly live video broadcast and chat every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. It's a great way to interact real time. And by turning on notifications and see first, you'll also make sure you don't miss a thing as I often will go live, not just from the home studio, but sometimes if I am out and about in the parks as well. Again, this is all about community, so I want to hear from you. You are as much of a contributor to this show as you are, more importantly, a consumer of it. So if you have a question you want me to answer on a future episode, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail, say hello from the parks at home with a question or a comment at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. You can also connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. I am at Lou Mangiello, but as much as I love connecting with you online, you know that I believe in my little heart of hearts that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I continue to do monthly meetups 
in Walt Disney World that are free, open to anyone and everyone. Bring the kids, come alone. I promise it is a very friendly and welcoming place. And you, I'm speaking directly to you, I really want you to come. I, you, I am inviting you personally. And in honor of this week's show, and because Star Wars Half Marathon Weekend is coming up, and you've got to carb load and barbecue load for a great race, or to cheer, or to sleep in late, whatever it is. Our next meet of the month is going to be Saturday, April 6th at 3 p.m. I'm thinking of you when I do this and say it's going to be at the, at the aforementioned Polite Pig. So Saturday, April 6th at 3 o'clock till about 4, 4.30 or so, we will meet outside at the Polite Pig. So if you are running or your kids are going to the kids' races on Saturday or you're cheering, it'll give you plenty of time to go race, shower, come out, grab something to eat, and still be back in time to get an early night's sleep for the half marathon on Sunday. To find out more to RSVP, you don't have to. You can just show up late, come early. I want and hopefully to get a chance to meet you there Go to the events page at www.radio.com slash events. That'll take you to the events page over on our Facebook group. You'll also about other find out about other upcoming events, including our trip to Japan. We still have that one teeny tiny little spot left. Our cruise out of New Orleans next February. I cannot wait for that. And lots more that we are planning as well. You'll also find out about other meetups and events that I do as I travel on the road. I want to thank everybody who came out to my uh, presentation at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego this past week. I really do appreciate you taking the time to be there and to stay and chat with me. Speaking of my speaking, if I can come to speak to your business, your conference, to your school, whatever it might be, either in person or even virtually, or if I can help you individually turn what you love into what you do, please visit lumangelo.com. You can find out about speaking opportunities as well, there, as well as the different ways that I can hopefully help you. So, for example, my Momentum Weekend Retreat is going to be Friday, May 31st through Sunday, June 2nd. It is where 10 like-minded entrepreneurs who want to turn what they love into what they do get together for a weekend-long mastermind event in a luxury vacation home in Orlando to ensure you focus only on you, your business, your idea, and the event. I take care of all the de details, including your room, your meals, materials, and lots more. To learn more and see photos of the home, visit lumangelo.com, click on the retreat tab there. Again, it's limited to just 10 entrepreneurs. I believe there's only five seats, sorry, four spots available currently. Those I pretty much can assure you will go within the next couple of weeks. If you can't make that, my Momentum, my Momentum Weekend Workshop is Saturday and Sunday, September 28th and 29th with an optional Mastermind Day on Monday. There, 50 entrepreneurs get together for two days in a single room for not just keynotes and speakers, but really interactive workshops where you can network and help not only learn about how to improve your business and take it to the next level, but more importantly, implement the things that you learn right there in the room. If neither of those work for you, I also have three spots left for my weekly mastermind group that meets virtually every Tuesday night, and I can also work with you one-on-one. -on -one. Again, to find out more, visit lumangelo.com. Thanks, as always, to Becky Menken and the entire team at Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official, more importantly, my recommended travel provider. 
It's who I recommend because it's who I use and it's who I trust. Whether you're going to any Disney or other destination on this planet and maybe someday other planets as well, Becky and her team of, her team of agents give you the best possible prices, all available discounts, all at no cost to you. Find out more at mousefantravel.com and sus- subscribe to Celebrations Magazine at celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friend, and I promise that you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this or your other past favorite episodes on Facebook. And if you can, take just 30 seconds to review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you. We have more than 2,000 five-star reviews. It's so important to keep those coming. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Dahlia Nolan, who says it's a great show, very inspiring. My husband, Tom, introduced me to WWR Podcast over a year ago. I became an instant fan. Dahlia, you're a friend, not a fan. You know that. I look forward to listening to new episodes every week, catching up on the previous shows, which I encourage everyone to do. We live in New Jersey. Gosh, I miss the pizza and the bagels and White Castle. And we try to do the meet and greets when we can. Host Lou Mangello's energy, enthusiasm for Disney, and all-around positivity come through every time you listen. I love the top tens, the dining reviews. I hope you like this week's show, everything. But I think the recent episode about moving to Orlando was one of the best shows I've heard anywhere. Hearing a story and advice and the roundtable from the neighbors and fellow members of the nation who also moved to Orlando should be required listening for anybody who's considering relocating and taking a chance on a new start in their lives. It was truly inspiring. My husband and I also had the pleasure of meeting Lou, Deanna, and their lovely children at a recent meetup and particularly had a blast meeting Lou at the evening event. Oh, at the Art Smith's homecoming in Disney Springs. Getting to meet the Mangellos in person along with the other members of the WWE family is just as much fun as listening to the shows. They're also some of the sweetest people you ever meet. Aw, the genuine article. Dahlia, thank you so very much. S. Schools 42 says, Lou is the epitome of Disney spirit. It's a must listen for any Disney fan. The love of Disney that Lou has is infectious. His guests are excellent, and he's a gracious and enthusiastic host. The true magic of the podcast is in the positive spirit. Whether I'm doing a review, top 10, treasure, or anything in between, the passion and positivity make the podcast unique and leave you wanting to hear more. He personifies a Disney commitment to excellence and service. And Walt himself would be proud. There is no greater compliment that you could give me. And Cabius, Cabius says it's great. Even after more than a decade, I started listening to W Radio in September and I've work, been working my way back to you. No, working my way through the back catalog every day. I love the energy and enthusiasm that Lou brings to all things Disney. It makes the time in between visits to the world all the more magical. I'm up to episode 105, February 2009, and still going strong. I want to say congrats to Lou on winning the podcast award for 2007-2008 and especially for finishing the 2008 half marathon. Gosh, that was a lifetime ago. I recently begun training for that race myself, inspired by the knowledge that, quote, if Lou can do it, then I can do it. Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. And Ambulance 211 says, I'm moving to Disney and Lou's episode on moving to Disney was the catalyst that made my final decision. We're moving to Disney this October. That's awesome. Thanks, Lou, and friends for the push when we needed to make the jump, Sean. So, Sean, KBS, S Schools, and Dahlia Nolan, thank you all very much. Again, just search for WDW Radio on iTunes, or better yet, I made it easy for you. If you go to wwradio.com slash iTunes, that'll give you instructions and a direct link to rate and review the show. 
Finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you for the love, the support, your time, and more importantly, your friendship. Whether we have met yet or not, believe me, you are not a listener, you're not a number, you're not a download. I know and I respect and I acknowledge and I appreciate that there is a person listening on the other side and I am virtually embracing you and shaking your hand and giving you that hug and saying thank you for the gift of allowing me to do this and share it with you and the time and the attention and more importantly, the friendship. And if there's ever any way that I can show my thanks and show my appreciation and give back to you, please let me know how to do it. I hope to see you in the box, in the nation, or at the next meet of the month, or possibly even at the Polite Pig. Oh, I can't wait to see you on the Polite Pig. So until next time, I hope that this is your best week ever. Thank you so very much. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is Alex Spires. I'm calling from South Georgia, um, in the Georgia area. But I just wanted to say I finished episode 545, and I absolutely loved it. I'm so glad you did this show. Um, It really got me back in my feels from when I was a kid. Um, I'm 26 now, so um, back in like 95, I think was my first trip when I was about three or four. And we went to Disney World every year. And I remember all these shows that you mentioned. Well, maybe not all of them. But I remember um, the Legend of the Lion King show, I believe you said it was. um, Just bits and pieces of that. And I remember... Um, I believe I remember the Muppet Show, but there was one show that I really wanted to call in about because I'm really surprised you didn't mention it. But um, there was a Doug show, and it was inside. I don't know where it was, but it was at Hollywood or NGM at the time. And I remember that show. They would pick people out of the audience, and at the end there would be like this band performance that you would like. Um, they would like perform with like Doug's band or something like that. I don't remember, but I do remember that me and my brother we loved that show. And because you know Doug was on that ABC Saturday morning for kids, and um, I just really wanted to just to call and say that because I feel like that was a show that was um, pretty popular. Um, maybe not so much now, but definitely a show that was in the nineties. And um, anyways. Love the show. Really enjoyed this episode, and I can't wait for more. Hope you have a magical day. Bye-bye. Hi, Lou and WDW Radio. This is Elizabeth from Massachusetts. I'm realizing in my last uh, voicemail, I babbled completely through it. But, um, yeah, I am making my weekly episodes. Um, I've been listening for a while now, and I just listened to episode 136. You did an excellent DSI of the Carousel Progress, um, which is one of, if not my favorite, attraction at the world. And it definitely got me through my commute through his homework today. So I appreciate it. Um, getting to hear you talk about the journey mystery, um, and also just, like, cool comebacks that I didn't realize even kind of knowing about the ride, like how the voice of the original, in the original attraction of the dad between the grandfather um, was really cool. Um it was really fun and, again, got me through my day. I think um, you guys ended sort of talking about, you know, would you want a reform of this attraction um, or is it something that should be left alone? I definitely am a huge proponent of leaving it as is. I agree with you. I think Walt's spirit is in that attraction. Uh, you can sense his need to reach out to families and his love of history and 
all these little details and technology in there that he definitely had a part of, which I absolutely appreciate, and I would hate to see it, you know, veer far from what it is. I think something that could be cool, though, is maybe adding in some sort of new post-show or post-attraction thing where you could play around with new technology, or maybe they kind of, like, winded you through another room with the original... Uh, progress city set up or, you know, another room with the family set up, uh, more futuristic. Uh, it could be cool, but again, would hate to see the original or quote unquote original since 93 now be changed too much. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for an awesome PSI. Love those so much and talk to you soon. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York, and I'm calling in with a countdown of 76 days until I make it back into the world and maybe hit the last day of Flower and Garden. I will really hope to do that. Then you have 209 days until the adventure in Japan, which is going to be absolutely fabulous and amazing. And then that New Orleans trip is 324 days away. Um, I know we are uh, planning on that trip in April, um, but we will not be there in the weekend. So, or not uh, April, June, June, June. <laughs> so have a wonderful, magical day. Stay warm. Spring is right around the corner here. Uh, actually, it starts tomorrow, so I'm hoping that it's going to start warming up. And Christine Marsden, it was so great to hear your voice on that last podcast. And thank you for enjoying my calls at the end of the show. Love and hugs, everyone. Stay warm. Hi, this is Cameron from McHenry, Illinois. You talked on the podcast about how Galaxy's Edge would be an immersive experience. Disney Springs has a Star Wars-themed virtual reality experience at The Void. Do you foresee the virtual reality technology being blended into Galaxy's Edge in the future? Thanks for all you do, Luke.